0: Thank you for joining me today, Transcending Time and Space. I am on Deer Isle, Maine, and it is a sunny, windy day here. Tide is getting high because the full moon is coming around, and I'm so glad to be here working on the gardens at our family home, working on preparing some new classes coming up that I'll get to share And I'm excited about that. So let's begin with a prayer, as we always do. I place my hand on my heart and I take a deep breath, focusing on love and gratitude, love and gratitude, love and gratitude. So grateful, so grateful that I can be grateful. Gratitude, such a deep, powerful spiritual practice, lifting us up, raising us up. Rising in God. We fly on the wings of the Holy Spirit. We're partnering up with that higher Holy Spirit self in order to remember, know, recognize, and value the truth as never before. This is the time of our healing. So, we are grateful to call forth a mighty, mighty healing for ourselves, for our brothers and sisters, for all humanity. We are consciously shifting our mind. We are willing to let the past go. We are willing to see and know and feel and hear the truth in each and every moment. And we are laying aside. Our misperceptions, our conjectures, our hypotheses, all of our interpretations and the meaning that we have made of our painful past, we are willing to let it go and have a healing. Prayer is powerful and we are joining together in prayer for a healing. In gratitude, we share the benefits of our healing, our expansion, our clarity, and the wisdom of God with everyone, because we're one with them. So grateful to open our minds and choose freedom. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Ah, so good to pray. I am getting ready for a uh, prayer certification program that I'm offering. It's something I've been wishing to offer for a long time. So I'm re-looking at a lot of the aspects of prayer in Course of Miracles. And if you've never read The Song of Prayer, it's just a little tiny booklet. It's uh, I think of it... As an addendum, it's called An Extension of the Principles of a Course of Miracles. You can get it from the Foundation for Inner Peace or uh, wherever you get your books. And the first sentence here, Prayer is the greatest gift with which God blessed His Son at His creation. And then the first that's the first sentence in the introduction. And then the next section is called um, Section I. So, and it starts with Prayer is a way offered by the Holy Spirit to reach God. Prayer is an, uh, a way to reach God offered by the Holy Spirit, and in uh, A Course in Miracles, it tells us that prayer is the medium of miracles, tells us right there in the beginning of the text, prayer is a medium of miracles. I just love that, because I was trained as a science of mind practitioner and minister, so nine years of training, and uh, lots, I mean, just... So trained in prayer for which I'm eternally grateful because I really know and believe that prayer is the number one tool that I have used to transform my mind and my life. It is the medium of miracles. I know this to my core. And for that knowing, I am so, so grateful. I'm so, so grateful. Because experiencing the power of prayer, recognizing it, I was talking about this in Masterful Living class yesterday. Having the experience of dramatic shifts, and they're only dramatic because we think, oh, that, that can't be healed. You know, that, that illness can't be healed, that financial situation can't be healed, that uh, whatever it is can't be healed. But over the years, I've witnessed so many miracles by folks in class who are applying the tool of prayer. And why wouldn't we use the power of prayer? Well, here is a, you could call it a a secret, a well-kept secret that hides in plain sight. And that to me is one of the most gorgeous things about A Course in Miracles is it reveals all these secrets hiding in plain sight. And the most potent of them is really that our mind is the mind of God and that what we hold in our mind, will demonstrate and manifest in form. So, what does that mean? It it is. Well, going back to talking about prayer as the medium of miracles, Ernest Holmes, the founder of science of mind, which I had all these nine years of training, as a practitioner and a minister, uh, he talks brilliantly about how what we hold in our mind is like a seed planted in a divine soil. And that if we are holding, let's say if we're planting a seed for a tomato plant, we're not going to get a lemon tree or an avocado tree or a rose bush. If we plant a seed, For a tomato, we're going to get a tomato plant that brings tomato fruit. And tomatoes are a fruit. We all know that. (laughs) They're not a vegetable. Anyway, (laughs) I don't know why that I said that, but there it is. It's been said. So, (laughs) silly things. Uh, So, the same is true of our thoughts. Right? So if we say we'd like the peace of God, but we're not willing to employ the means necessary to attain it, to re- recover it, to reveal it in our mind, if we're not willing to employ the means necessary to experience peace, we can say we'd like peace all day long, but that doesn't mean anything because that's not what we're holding in our mind if we're not experiencing peace. I remember in some recent class, uh, we were talking about this that the person was saying something similar to this, that they really wish to experience the peace of God. And we were having a conversation about intention. And they said, I have a very strong intention to experience the peace of God, to know the peace of God, to reveal the peace of God. And I'm totally embellishing here to make my point. And I said that, That's great. And they said, but I'm not experiencing the peace of God. I said, okay, so when you say you have an intention, what does that mean? Because if you have an intention, a real intention to have the peace of God, then at the moment somebody is behaving in a confrontational way, you take that as an opportunity to practice the peace of God. You you go within. You, you, you don't start shouting and yelling and defending, right? You take a pause. You take a step back mentally from the situation and you say, Okay, I feel threatened. I feel scared. I feel confronted. I feel angry in this moment. But I am interested in the peace of God. Truly, truly interested in the peace of God. So, I need to partner up now. I need to go to the Holy Spirit for guidance now. Because I have an intention to experience peace. I said, so if you say you have an intention, but you get irritated, frustrated, confronted, afraid, worried, angry, any kind of upset whatsoever, but You don't have a practice that you're employing in that moment of upset. Maybe your intention is not an intention. Maybe your intention is a wish for it to magically happen. So when we're using prayer, we are coming out from among them. Right, We are going to God. Right, So this is what it says here in the Song of Prayer. Prayer is the greatest gift with which God blessed his Son as his creation. Prayer is a way offered by the Holy Spirit to reach God. In the text of A Course in Miracles, where it says prayer is the medium of miracles, it's right in the beginning. Right in the beginning, there are the 50 miracle principles, and this one about prayer is number 11. Uh, So prayer is the medium of miracles. It says in miracle principle number 11, it is a means of communication of the created with the creator. Through prayer, love is received, and through miracles, love is expressed. And so what Jesus tells us in the Course is that a miracle is when we shift our thinking and we shift from ego attachment thinking to spirit-based thinking, truth, the miracle is that we make the choice of truth. That is the miracle. That we turn away from what is false and we embrace what is true. That is the miracle. And then, as A Course in Miracles teaches us, when things shift in form, that is a an expression of the miracle, it is a result of the miracle. So it's very similar in the Science of Mind teachings that your prayer is a is seed planted in divine soil, right? Of course, miracles prayer is the medium of miracles. So all of our thoughts are seeds planted in divine soil because where are they all planted? They're planted in the one mind. So if we plant a seed of terror, we will grow the fruit of terror. We'll experience it in some way, shape, or form according to our investment, right? So in in the Course in the Fear and Conflict section in chapter 2, Jesus says that all thought produces form at some level. It could be the level of the physical, the body, the mind, the emotions— could be in our aura, in our etheric body, right? All thought produces form at some level. And it says also in that uh, fear and conflict section that it's hard to believe that thought plus belief combine into a power that can literally move mountains, but it can, right? It can turn the water into wine. It can raise Lazarus from the dead, It can heal the blind man who was born blind and can now see, right? It can heal the child on the deathbed. It can inspire the man to take up his bed and walk. It can inspire people thousands of years later. This is the power of truth spoken at any time. So the thing that we are all reluctant to discover is the extent of the power of our mind. This has been a theme for uh, uh, this year, that this is the thing for us to address directly, that we are afraid of the power of our mind because we're far too tolerant of mind wandering, right? If we knew that every thought we had could be powerful enough to move a mountain if we really believed it, we would be surprised at the effects that we're experiencing. And this is what I have seen. The more I clear the clutter out of my mind, the judgments, the opinions, the attack thoughts, The just the day-to-day gobbledygook that I used to have constant in my mind that it's really shifted. And I notice with every passing month, year, week, however we want to quantify it, that my mind is getting quieter and quieter. And I'm so grateful. I enjoy the quiet in my mind. But I also have come to see that the thoughts that I hold in mind demonstrate in form, and I have to be very careful of what I hold in my mind. I cannot be unconscious about what I hold in my mind. And why am I holding it in my mind? Uh, We had an experience here at the house in Maine last fall where there was a supermoon high tide, extremely high tide, unusually high tide. And uh, at the same time of the peak high tide, there was a huge windstorm. There was a tree on the shore, a big tree on the shore perched on a rock that had been there for God knows how many years, right? Maybe 100 years, I don't know, 80 years, and it blew over. It was just too much because the water was up under it, so everything was really sloshing and loosened, and then that big gust of wind hit it, and it knocked down about 20 other trees when it went down and it went down in an area that I had been working on for three or so years taking out little trees to just give us a view from the kitchen window so we could see the water so I was just kind of slowly whittling it away and then this tree blew down and my brother said well you got what you wanted you wanted to clear that area now I, I, I didn't wish to clear it the way it is now." But I'm and I'm shocked by it, but it did happen in precisely that area that I had been looking to clear. So we we need to be very clear about our thoughts. And you might find it useful to pay attention. To when do you spill something? What are you thinking about when you spill something? What are you thinking about when you stub your toe? What are you thinking about when you almost fall or trip? What are you thinking about? Don't think it's nothing. Pay attention to what you're thinking in that moment. I've heard other spiritual teachers say that when you have a car accident, It likely means you're going in the wrong direction or that you need to stop and really look at where you're going. And perhaps that could apply to any kind of an accident that we have. So life is constantly providing us with feedback about our thinking. And the most clear way it does that is through how we feel. So I'd like to... Uh, or I feel guided to for us to look at the teacher's manual, chapter 21, which is, what is the role of words in healing, right? Because we think of prayer as being words. At least that's how I used to only think of it as being words. And now to me, prayer is also I can sit and just feel a particular thing. And that is a prayer to me. So someone, um, Is going through a challenge. I'm holding them in prayer. I am feeling with them and for them the peace of God, the harmony of God, the prosperity of God, the joy of God. And that is part of my prayer work now. So I do think thoughts and use words, but it's not just that anymore. We can just feel the peace of God. And embrace someone in that feeling. And it's fun to do. It's, it's very rewarding. So, for instance, right now, if you think of someone who is going through a difficult time, perhaps, and you get in tune with your own experience of yourself, like inside your auric field, and inside your auric field, you know, three feet around you, you're thinking peace, you're feeling, you're allowing yourself to feel the vibration of peace and the vibration of harmony. And the vibration of love. And you may be thinking, I don't know what any of these things mean. Your higher self knows. So just ask your higher self, higher self, help me now. I'd like to feel the vibration of love. I'd like to feel the vibration of harmony. Of peace. And just notice what's going on. What do you actually feel? You might feel resistance and reluctance. Don't make it right or wrong or good or bad. Just notice, notice, notice. And then to whatever degree you're able to cultivate something that feels like whatever peace, love, harmony feels like, Invite that person you're concerned about into this vibration. Share it with them. You can invite them in, extend it to them, include them so that in your mind's eye, if you will, I don't necessarily visualize things in my mind's eye. Sometimes I just feel it. I have very strong feeling, intuition, clairsentience. So I'm feeling this vibration of peace and love and harmony. And including that person in it, extending them, extending this vibration to them. And holding them in this vibration. This, to me, is a prayer. It's extending love. So continue to hold this. And in chapter 21, in the manual for teachers, it says, What is the role of words in healing? Strictly speaking, words play no part at all in healing. The motivating factor is prayer, or asking. What you ask for, you receive. But this refers to the prayer of the heart, not the words you use in praying. So this goes back to what I was sharing about intention. Spirit and all life knows the prayer of our heart. And all of life is bound to respond to the prayer of our heart. So let us hold in our heart more peace, more love, more joy for everyone Because as one is lifted, all are lifted. Let us not exclude one person. To have give all to all. So our prayer is for us to be wholeheartedly available to extend love. Just feeling that and it's time for me to take a break I'm Jennifer Hadley we're talking about the power of prayer in healing you're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio where we're living the love we're walking the talk and I'll be right back Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. We're talking about the healing power of prayer. And we're looking at chapter 21 in the manual for teachers, which is entitled, What is the Role of Words in Healing? Strictly speaking, words play no part at all in healing. The motivating factor is prayer or asking. What you ask for, you receive. Now this is completely in alignment with, I am responsible for what I see. And I'm just going to take a moment to read that from the text. It's chapter 21, section 2 where it says, Jesus tells us in paragraph 2, This is the only thing that you need do for vision, happiness, release from pain, and the complete escape from sin, all to be given you. Say only this, but mean it with no reservations, for here the power of salvation lies. And here's what you say. I am responsible for what I see. I choose the feelings I experience. And I decide upon the goal I would achieve, and everything that seems to happen to me, I ask for and receive as I have asked. That's it. That's all we need do for vision, happiness, release from pain, pain, and all escape from sin, right? So what we receive. What we ask for, we receive. So if we are experiencing something we don't like, we must have asked for it. And so rather than think of ourselves as losers and bad people, stupid people or whatever, we're choosing to learn through pain. And sometimes we're also teaching through pain, of course, right? Not sometimes, always. We're teaching through the pain as well. So, and we can change that. We have the power to change that. And pain is a great motivator, right? The pain is pushing us to have a vision instead. So if we can just accept that what we have, we have asked for. What you ask for, you receive. But this refers to the prayer of the heart, not to the words you use in praying, Sometimes the words and the prayer are contradictory. Sometimes they agree. Remember I was saying about the person who says they have an intention for peace, but they're not experiencing peace? So if you know, do we really want the peace of God if we're not willing to employ the means to get it? That's the thing. It's, we just said we need to keep it real with ourselves, right? God does not understand words. For they were made by separated minds to keep them in the illusion of separation. This is what words are for. Words can be helpful, particularly for the beginner, in helping concentration and facilitating the exclusion, or at least the control, of extraneous thoughts. So what does that mean? So it means if I notice that I'm ruminating on thoughts of revenge or I'm ruminating on thoughts of fear, worry, doubt, shame, blame, regret, resentment, negative thoughts, feeling sad. If I notice that I'm ruminating on things that it's not helpful, Ruminating's not usually helpful, right? We ruminate on the pain of the past and... And our regrets and resentments and things like that. So if we notice we're doing that, we can use words to shift things. And so, uh, I haven't talked about it in a while, but I used to say it all the time, that uh, I used the word judge to interrupt my pattern of judgmental thoughts. And I did it like the organ they play at the baseball game. Right? And so I'd go, judge, 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 like that. And it would make me laugh. It would change my train of thought. It would help me to pull the brake and get off the pain train. So that's how words can be helpful in changing our mind, in going the other way. Right? Very helpful to me, for sure. And this is the power of affirmations. But again, find affirmations that work for you. For the folks in my classes, I made these willingness cards. And uh, um, they're a little packet of little like oracle cards. There's 44 of them. And they're all willingness statements. Like, I am willing to heal. I am willing to be the fulcrum point of healing in my family. I am willing to be receptive to love. They're all willingness statements. And willingness statements have been so powerful for me because many times my mind was um, so set in my judgments, my opinions, and my blame and shame and regret thoughts. And so to be able to say, I'm willing to see this differently. I am willing to change my mind about this. I am willing to have a different experience completely helped me transform my life. So, and that that to me was my prayer of willingness. So Jesus goes on says that it helps us to shift our thinking when our mind is wandering. He says, "Let us not forget however, that words are but symbols of symbols. thus, are twi- They are thus twice removed from reality. So what does that mean? Everything in this world is symbolic. It's all an illusion. So words are used to discuss the things of this world. So words are symbols of symbols. Not that complicated as symbols, words have quite specific references, so for instance, if I think uh, if I say to you a yellow daffodil, right you can call that to your mind a red tulip, you can call it to your mind. Uh, I'm looking out at the yard here, seeing the yellow daffodils, and awaiting the red tulips. (laughs) So, as symbols, words can have quite specific references. Even when they seem most abstract, the picture that comes to mind is apt to be very concrete. So, what does that mean? So let's say the words are very abstract. We could say that cha- the word challenge. Oh that feels very, you know, that that's very challenging. Well what kind of a challenge? What kind of a challenge is it? it? It could be a happy challenge. Many challenges are very beneficial. Could be a happy challenge. Could be a challenge mentally, could be emotionally, could be physically, could be financially. We don't know what kind of a challenge it is. It could be a space-time challenge to bridge the gap of something, right? So it could seem very, you know, nebulous. We don't know what that means. It's a challenge. He's having a challenge. What? There's no specificity there. But yet, still a picture might come into our mind that's very concrete. If we know what's happening in that person's life, we might start then to hold an image in our mind of him having a challenge. Now, will that be helpful to him? No, it will not be helpful to him. Holding pictures in our mind of people going through difficulties is what worry is. That's what Ernest Holmes taught. That worry is the negative use of our imagination. It's imagining things in the future we do not want to have. It's a negative prayer. I said it. It's true. It's a negative prayer. I was saying in class recently that my grandmother used to... We had letters that we wrote. And I know I've said this a number of times in this podcast that uh, she would write to me, I just pray something terrible doesn't happen to you. And I'd think, how does she do that? How does that work? Please God, don't let Jennifer be raped or robbed. Or instead, And I'd write back, what if you pray that something wonderful does happen to me? That my life is wonderful instead of praying something terrible doesn't happen to me. <laughs> so... It says here, unless a specific referent does occur to the mind in conjunction with the word, the word has little or no practical meaning and thus cannot help the healing process. So let's go back to, I have an intention to know the peace of God and live a peaceful life. But if the word intention or peace doesn't have some, as it says here, specific referent. You have no idea what that means. It's very nebulous. The word has little or no practical meaning and thus cannot help the healing process. This is why it's helpful to be clear in our awareness what do these things mean. So in my classes, I am consistently asking people what does that mean what does that mean to you when I'm counseling someone what does that mean to you I don't assume that I know like somebody will say uh, 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 in my past I've had people say could you please pray that I I manifest so many million dollars or so a certain amount of money or a new car or things like that and I'll say well what does that mean to you though right because I I can't hold it in my mind if I don't know what it means to them and they say oh well if I had this much money in my bank then I would feel secure so I say well so what you really are after is a sense of security and you imagine that having $5 million in your bank account would give you financial security. But what if I told you I know people who have $5 million in liquid assets and they have no sense of security? There's no correlation between security and money. That's an illusion, that's a fantasy. So let's pray for you to have a a profound sense of security in your life. And let spirit manifest and demonstrate it, if that's what you really want. And then people say, well, I don't believe it's possible for me to have a sense of security without $5 million in the bank. And I say, there is where you do your work. Because you've got a belief that is making it impossible for you to have security. Because I guarantee you, if you got that $5 million, your sense of security might yeah, might last for a weekend or a week, maybe a month. But something will come along to challenge it. Because the sense of security and peace and harmony and beauty and love and wisdom and clarity and all these spiritual qualities will never come from the things of this world and our relationship to them. It can't. Because these spiritual qualities are our inheritance from God. They are the kingdom which is within. And when we seek that kingdom where it's located within, within the altar of our heart, we clear off all the false idols that we've placed on the altar of our heart, then we can experience the kingdom and everything being added unto us. Seek first the kingdom which is within, and all else will be added unto you. All else is the manifestation and demonstration of peace, love, joy, prosperity, wholeness, harmony, freedom, wisdom, clarity. So it might be that you would like to experience uh, freedom. And freedom, you think freedom means this and this and this, but what if freedom means I feel physically strong and well enough to go work in the garden and to uh, be able to spend hours a day working in the garden, enjoying being outside, planting and weeding and being in nature. I thought, "Oh no, freedom means that I have an income of so much per month and I am not wondering how I'm going to pay my bills." I thought that was freedom. Well, freedom can manifest in many different ways. So that's why in what I teach about prayer, I, I we don't pray for a new car. We pray for prosperity and abundance. We pray for clarity and harmony. We pray for a sense of well-being. And then that will include everything that we need. If we need a car, if we need a new car, if we'd like a new car. But if we're walking around all day going, I'm never going to be able to afford a new car. Oh my God, I need a new car so badly. I'm never going to be able to afford it. How am I going to afford it? I don't know if this car is going to last another week, another month. Oh my God. And if I have to put one more dollar into this car, what I really need to do, right? If we go into that kind of thinking, since all thought produces form at some level, And we are, as it says here, having specific reference to our thoughts. So we're imagining the car breaking down. We're imagining having to take it to the mechanic. We're imagining giving the mechanic money. We're imagining our bank account being overdrawn. If this is what we're holding in our mind... These are our thoughts and beliefs. If we experience that, right? I can feel it in my third chakra, my second chakra. I can feel it just thinking about it. Just (laughs) pretending what other people are thinking or thoughts I've had in the past. I I feel uncomfortable, right? Go back to chapter 2, fear and conflict, where it says it's hard to believe that thought and belief combine into a power that can literally move mountains. But they can. And just as they can move a mountain away, out of the path, they can move a mountain in front of you, onto your path. So we don't go into blame and shame for our life as it is, that we have received what we've asked for. No. We remember to laugh. And we look at, are we willing to be aware and actually realize the power of our thought? Now it says here, I'm going to repeat that last sentence. Unless a specific referent does occur to the mind in conjunction with the word, the word has little or no practical meaning and thus cannot help the healing process. Right? But the same is true for ne- negative use of our thought and belief. The prayer of the heart does not really ask for concrete things. It doesn't ask for a new car. The prayer of the heart asks for support, for clarity, for peace of mind. This is what I teach when I teach prayer. And I don't know if I mentioned it. I'm I'm teaching my Prayer Power three-week class starting on Monday, What is the date for Monday? It is, I think it's the 11th. May 11th. You can join at any time. You can also get get it after the fact. People buy that class from time to time. Um, mm, 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 mm. The prayer of the heart does not really ask for concrete things. It always requests some kind of experience, the specific things asked for being the bringers of the desired experience in the opinion of the asker. So, the prayer of the heart requests some kind of experience. The words, then, are symbols for the things asked for, but the things themselves but stand for the experiences that are hoped for. This is why I ask people, so you think you'd like $5 million, how would you like to feel? What is it that you're really after? It's so important to apply this to our prayer. Because so, the prayer can just be, Holy Spirit, help me know the peace of God, help me feel the peace of God, help me experience the peace of God in a life-changing way. Help me remember that my intention is the peace of God. Help me clear anything from my mind that interrupts the peace of God that obscures the peace of God that prevents me from knowing and feeling and experiencing the peace of God and sharing it with my brothers and sisters. This is the way I pray, so I, I record a prayer every day been doing it since two thousand seven. And I I publish it on my daily shot of spiritual espresso. So I, so I do some writing and I do a prayer as well. And uh, you can get the prayers in a podcast. You can get get them on the website. We transcribe them because we had uh, many hearing impaired people wanted to be able to read the prayers. And so we do that. And we also have a bunch of them at YouTube and we have a Uh, podcast I think I said that for the prayers so if you just go to your podcast app and put my name in there you'll see all the different podcasts there are the prayer for things of this world will bring experiences of this world if the prayer of the heart asks for this this will be given because this will be received in other words we're if it's the prayer of the heart is that we experience abundance, this is what's going to be given because this is what the person is willing to receive. So there's a temptation when many people are praying, they're begging and they're beseeching. So that's coming from a place of feeling unworthy. Not a good place to ask for things when you feel unworthy. Just imagine you're a guest in somebody's home and they're in the kitchen and you go in the kitchen and you feel unworthy of asking for food, but you ask anyway. And you say, I know it's an imposition, but could I possibly have something to eat? Well, the, the, you're, you're not that receptive. So you actually might only be receptive to a piece of cheese or a cookie or an apple or something like that. But spirit would like to say, oh yes, you can have a banquet. You can have whatever you are willing to receive. What are you willing to receive? Being receptive to the answered prayer is such an important part of learning to pray. Because most of us are just terrible at being receptive to the answered prayer. And we will block the answered prayer. I I know when I first started counseling people, and I would tune into them intuitively, and I... I, I would be talking with them and they, I'd say, so what's your heart's desire? What is it you'd really like to experience in your life? And um, they'd say, oh, I don't know. And a lot of times it was, to, they wanted some pain to be removed. So I, uh, my, I think my boyfriend's going to leave me and I'd like for him to stay. Right? I have no clue if that's the highest and best, but that's what they're going for. And then I might say, "Well, what if, what if his leaving would open you up to something, a, a, a new relationship that would be so much better?" And they'd say, "Oh no, I, I can't. Uh, no, no, he's the love of my life. It, it has to be him." Like, okay. So we could look at that attachment to how we think it needs to be I love talking about prayer I love prayer so much (laughs) so prayer is powerful and A Course in Miracles teaches us that let us pray in a powerful way it is one of the powers that we have to use And so is gratitude. And I am so grateful to all the people who support this broadcast. Thank you for your donations. And uh, I'd like to share with you the A Course in Miracles and Jennifer Hadley text messages as inspiration. ACIMtexts.com if you'd like to sign up for that. And the Prayer Power class is coming. My Stop Playing Small Retreat is going to be online. It's coming up. Lots of good things coming up. We take a breath of love and gratitude. So grateful and thankful to share and to bless. We let it be. And so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Have a great rest of your week.